everybody, I'm Mark. And I'm not. And today we're going to celebrate one year of podcasting. What? With a very special movie. Well, it was a movie. It was a is a childish look at a nostalgic rent heart rent. I don't know. It was the Little Rascals. Yeah, that's what it was. Little Rascals. Let's get started. Um. All right. So, uh, I have a, I have a few opinions about this. Movie. Yeah, I have. A, right. But uh, let me let me go over real quick the uh, the, the premise if you can if you can, call if it you can ha- say that it even had one. Nope. Uh, so uh, the little rascals are a part of a club called the He Man Woman Haters Club, uh, where it's just a bunch of little assholes that get together and uh, make noise and yep. then hate women. Yep. Uh, uh, except for Alfalfa, who uh, is in love with this dead-eyed mannequin uh, <laughs> of, a, of, a char- of a child named Darla, who, uh, uh, yeah, and in in machinations that I can only imagine uh, make sense to someone, uh, <clears throat> you know, Alfalfa betray- betrays the club, uh, gets it burnt down. And uh, it's just a big pain to pain in the ass to all of his friends. Yep. And uh, so they have to rebuild their clubhouse that got burned down. And yeah. uh, the way that they try a bunch of uh, odd uh, jobs and and the like, and eventually they decide to um, that, or they find out yeah. that the first prize for the <clears throat> go kart competition is you know five hundred dollars, which is more than enough for them to get the lumber they need. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know why they just didn't scrounge around for a bunch of crap like they obviously did for the first clubhouse. Yeah, so, uh, well, maybe I guess they got tired. Like, listen, we want this to be fancy. Um, so, they have uh, the pride and joy of their club is their go-kart uh, called... Uh, I completely forget. The Blur. Oh, yeah. The Blur. <clears throat> and that gets stolen because uh, Alfalfa is just the worst. Yeah. Like, he couldn't have walked to the, uh, the fair. No, he had to take the one... Well, I guess I guess he, he had to take it. Way, yeah. Or I guess he just didn't... You know, could have just stayed where he was supposed to and yeah. not go to, uh, uh, so, yeah, the him, fair. Yeah, because him and Darla kind of have a breakup, but, uh, you know, then they... It's, it's a teen... It's yeah. not teen. It's a, it's a child love story. It, it, I, it is what I called the child love story or the Kanye and Kim you know break of breakups for children so uh, basically they have to race in this uh, go-kart race um, the whole movie is really uh, rather uneven but I you know and this is gonna start getting into the you know, my own opinion territory yeah. for this movie which is like it's it's kind of meant to be uneven like you know they it's not really one specific plot per se it's just kind of like a, a loose thread of you know just them doing wacky things yeah it's yeah just it's it's a movie meant for kids and, uh, and they're they're not gonna it's not gonna have a complicated plot and also like really um, it's based off of the uh, the our gang skits uh, from like the the 20s and 30s yeah and like really those you know those were didn't weren't really story focused either they yeah. were more just you know just doing funny things with <clears throat> kids and that that was what this movie is about it's trying to capture yeah. that spirit of like a longer form you know version of like an hour gang skit or you know several of them yeah so i can kind of i can kind of appreciate it for 
for for doing that like it's less of a detriment uh to me to have it like oh it's really unfocused well like yeah that's fine the our gang really wasn't a focused you know story heavy concept mm-hmm. either um so when i get an opinion like while it is distracting that you know 90 percent of the movie is just kids yelling at us yeah um kids who clearly aren't acting they're just reciting the lines that the director just told them to recite like there's no emotion put anywhere. It's like when a, uh, it's like when a foreign actor recites the lines phonetically. Yeah, it's like it's basically like watching. Uh, if you've ever had to watch like a pageant or something with uh, kids in like first grade or kindergarten. Yeah. Um, that is really what it is. Yeah, just a bunch of kids shouting. They don't know what they're really saying. You know. But uh, as the movie progressed, as the movie started, you know going on like i actually started enjoying the the charm of the movie like once you get over the fact that all right these are just a bunch of kids who don't know what the hell they're doing or saying and they're just yeah. you know parroting what the director told him to but once you get over that that kind of initial shock it's all right you know it's it's it, uh, you can have a worse time to spend uh 88 minutes or whatever it was. Uh, I, I think it's you know, we also kind of got used to it, and you know, on top of things, we we also made it a bit dark, like oh, we yeah, usually we do, do with, uh, with that, kids' movies. No, that's that's par for the course for us. So you know, it's really it's not a great movie, but I mean, it's just trying to be a fun little, uh, just a fun little slice of well, I don't want to say life because it's definitely no like, uh, sli- it, it, slice of slap dish or it, it's a or it's a nice little thing to park your little demons in front of yeah. to distract them for an hour and a half so it's fine it, it's an absolutely fine movie um there is something I do want to kind of talk about because you know we, like every uh-huh. one of these kids was terrible well yeah but you know that's fine like alfalfa was probably the the strongest and the uh, the, the little wormy kid. I was actually, uh, I was actually gonna say uh, Spanky was probably the strongest uh, of the actors. You think so? Yeah, I think that he actually, I think Spanky was the only character that I like enjoyed and the only uh, portrayal I enjoyed. I like, yeah, I didn't mind Spanky. Like this guy, this guy's cool. You know, it's like everyone else was just annoying. I mean, I guess uh, Buckwheat was okay, or I'm sorry, Ote. I guess he was, I guess he was Ote. Um, yeah, that that everywhere. Everyone else was just shouting. I, I guess yeah. nobody was in their own right just the worst, except for Darla. Darla was just the. I hope she's not listening to this podcast. Yeah. Well, if she is, she's old enough to take the criticism. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she had the diction of someone whose tongue was uh, burnt by hot pizza. And the funny thing was, every time she, you know, we, we noticed her looking at the camera, we'd always point it oh, out. Oh, yeah. Like, she's looking at the camera, she's looking at the camera, like, and it's funny, in the, uh, in the credits, there's kind of like, a, I guess, a, a blooper reel. Yeah. And when uh, they had, like, little bloopers for every single one of the main characters, or actors, and hers, it was the director yelling at her to not look at the camera. Like, it was like yep. a compilation of, stop looking at the camera! Uh, but though, in her defense... Uh, I was an extra in only one independent movie. Were you? Uh, it was called The Book of Caleb. Uh, and, and it was pretty much a Robin Hood with Dart story. I, I think even James Rolfe had a, you know, had, you know, made a, did a blurb or a short thing about it. Uh, and, yeah, it didn't really get a lot of attention, but, uh, I was an extra. 
uh, just in the background, and even I was looking at the camera. Because <laughs> it's this big, it's this big mechanical thing that is pretty much the focus of the room. I... But, you know, I think uh, when I saw the movie, I was rack-focused, so uh, you couldn't really tell. It's like, I, I did not know that you were an extra in anything. Like, I never I, told I, you that? Yeah, I never knew that. I, this is the first time I've ever heard this huh, story. I, I, uh, you know, now you know. Yeah, well, let's talk up, I guess, the book of Caleb. What was it about? Uh, well, it, How'd uh, you get involved with this scheme? I don't remember. I think uh, it, it was a... I, I forget. It was one of my friends... Uh, knew knew someone who knew someone who needed an, an extra, and uh, it, it's funny, uh, you know. Now I think about it because uh, the I think the one actor that they did get f uh, for it was Paul Gleason huh. uh, from uh, the Breakfast Club. Yeah, and I hear he was an asshole. <laughs> it's funny, but uh, I I remember <clears throat> uh, they needed extras, and we were we were there. I think at like maybe nine at night mm -hmm. and we didn't leave until like five in the morning <laughs> and it was mostly waiting and yeah. there was nowhere to sit that's that's kind of what i hear about um about like filmmaking in general is oh. that it's like you know it, there's just a lot of hurry up and wait kind of thing yeah because you have you have to think like the director of photography has to do the lighting then uh you know then they have to do the blocking and then they have to do the yeah, they actually shot on film stock, mm -hmm. so uh, I don't even know what's involved in that. They should like the. I think the director uh, said we should have just done digital. I uh, I now I'm gonna I, I'm gonna have, to have I'm gonna hunt down this movie and see if I can find without you prompting me. I want to see yeah. if I can find the scene where Britain is in. Uh, okay. And uh, like you know, I watched the whole <laughs> thing. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's a good movie. It's got Paul Gleason. Uh huh. In it. It, it was uh -huh. okay. Oh uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> it, it it was all right. It was uh, uh for what it was, I I you know for an independent movie, uh you know we watch you know which we tend to watch a lot on Netflix, yeah. Uh, especially for a comedy, I can't complain. Oh, it's a comedy. Oh. oh yeah. Oh boy. Um, I remember uh, this is a long time ago. Um, yeah. Before I came home uh, from Louisiana, uh, I remember you were. You had a friend who was, I guess, making an independent movie. I guess it was a, a different, had to yeah. have been a different movie. And he was looking for, like, not extras, he was looking for straight up actors. Uh, and I think he wanted, uh -huh. he asked me if I wanted to play the villain in uh -huh. this. It was like a beer pong movie or something like that. Beer pong movie. And, um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't, I have no recollection of he this. He reached out to me on MySpace. Um, <laughs> that's how long ago it was. And he was, and I was like, you know, what? I'm not really an actor, but I would, you know, if I get down, I would love to, you know, yeah. or when I get back up, I'd love to try. And the funny thing is, it's like it never really, you know, it never really came to be. But I was like practicing, like in the mirror, yeah. like how I was gonna be. I was like, you know, if I'm the villain in a beer pong movie, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be snidely whiplash, like you know. Can he? Can he give me his first name? Yeah, it was uh, Kevin. Oh, okay. It was, Kevin. It was it? Okay. Um. But I didn't want to be a, a mustache twirling villain. Actually, I wanted to be a douchey villain. That's how I was gonna approach. Oh, you, the you were role. gonna do like a Shooter McGavin? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna be All like, right. and not maybe even not th that that much dignity. Probably, I was just gonna be like, oh, come on, babe, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was gonna be my kind. Of, that was gonna be my the way I was gonna do it. Uh, I don't. I have. I have no recollection of this. That's then again, that uh, that was that was a dark time. Oh yeah, it was a. I, I yeah. 
Come on, babe. I don't know if I was gonna have a girlfriend in the movie, but, uh, like, I would've pointed to an extra. Yeah. yeah. You're my brow now, brow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was practicing, like, everything. I'm like, hmm, I'm really gonna, I'm really gonna sell it, you know? I'm gonna really be the most oily, villainous role I can be. Uh, part of me does miss having a, a little bit of that extra time to do to to do projects like that yeah and not just being tired all the time <laughs> that's 30s that's just yeah. 30s for yeah, you yeah i know like back then it was like I, was, I think i was like 21 years old or 22 rather yep so i was like i'd get like an hour and a half of sleep and i'd be like all right let's let's do this let's go have a i think i'm gonna I don't even need to have a breakfast. I'm gonna skip yep. breakfast. I'm gonna skip lunch. I'm gonna have a water. That's gonna fill me up nice. <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna run a mile. And then we're gonna do this scene. And now it's like, uh, I only got 12 hours tonight. Yeah. And uh, I, I slept, you know, a little bit at you know one degree off of what I normally sleep at, at angle wise. And now my back's out. It's like today I as I was going out to take the trash out. I literally didn't want to walk down the hall like 40 <laughs> extra steps to get my keys. 40? Like, yeah, not even. I was like, you know what? If the if I get locked out, I get locked out. <laughs> it is not worth the not worth the effort. I've gone too far. Uh, so yeah, being uh, being old is you know, like I'm kind of curious now. Like, let's just pretend that um, the roles were kind of reversed almost. All right. And, uh, like this guy, he came up to you and was like, Britain, <clears throat> I want you to be the villain." in this beer pong movie. Uh, all right. How would you approach being a villain in a movie like that? Clearly, it's a comedy. I'm assuming uh, it was. I, I probably would uh, approach it... I, I think uh, my bitter asshole personality, the... The, the Britain. Yeah, the Britain persona uh, I put to film, uh, not the actual Britain, uh, I, I think would suffice. Just, uh, I Just get. a bitter, miserable asshole. It's like, man, nobody likes this guy. <laughs> Glad he's not my friend. If I had to redo, if, like, I, if, if I could somehow go back in time and, like, shoot that movie, I think yeah. I would change, I think I would change my approach. I don't think I would be the douche villain anymore. I wouldn't no. be the Shooter McGavin. I would be, like, you know, like, straight up, uh, Cobra Commander, like, Oh, you went over the line! <laughs> Like, I would do that the entire- that would be my character. Yeah, I, I probably would be, like, 80s cartoon villain as well. That would be, like... Like, alright, Mark, listen, yeah. um, <laughs> you're, uh... You, you, you wear, like, a ski mask, uh, <laughs> yeah, to disguise your face, like, kind of like Cobra Commander. Yeah, or, uh, like, if I'm gonna do that, like, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna almost be, like, Lord Buckethead or something like that. Lord Buckethead? He was- he's, like, a, a British, um... Like, uh, I want to say activist who's always running for president or for running for prime minister. Okay. And uh, he basically just has, like, you know... A bucket on his head? Yeah. Um, kind of like a or vermin supreme. supreme. Yeah. I would, that's what, Maybe that's what I'd do instead. Like, I would have... I wouldn't wear a mask, maybe. Uh, just a boot on your head? Yeah, or I would, or I would like, carry a giant toothbrush and a cloak, you know, and just... Uh, <laughs> And just kind of like, you know, that'd be my persona. That's how I would approach that movie. I might, uh, I, I might be a eccentric villainous Ed Wynn. Like, <laughs> my minions, go and fetch the, uh, what am I looking for again? What is this? What? What? What is this? Uh, a, a beer pong? What? All right. <laughs> go and fetch 
the tennis ball or the ping pong ball of Aldroth. I, I do like how yeah. you are very method where you don't change like even when you're when you're not filming, you know, even when you're just asking a director a question, <laughs> you're still staying in your Edwin persona. It, yep. What what's this movie about again? The beer pong? Oh, I haven't played beer pong in in, in years. Like I I get too many hangovers. It hurts that I last time I played beer pong, I ended up puking up chicken into the sink. <laughs> it was terrible. Alright, anyway. <laughs> where's, where's the craft services table? I need a Sprite. <laughs> I need a couple of Triscuits. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, like, so, Method, you were just, uh, yeah. you, you were 100% committed to that role there. Yep. Now that, Absolutely. That, you know, that is actually something that the Little Rascals movie was really missing. Like, yeah, they had a, a, a villain, per se, of this little rich kid named Waldo. But I think that a movie like that could have benefited from like an '80s, you know, cartoon villain. Yeah. Hmm. Like who? Uh, who isn't a kid? I want him to be no, like no, a full-grown adult. adult. Like, um, when the the clubhouse burns down, it's like it's his doing. And, I, and here's the thing: I imagine that everything that happens, like he's controlling almost like time space itself. Like yeah. he's controlling their luck, so their luck is always bad. Okay. And he's sitting in a. Uh, He's sitting in like a dark, you know, a dark room with a crystal ball watching everything. I, I want him to have a big, like a big dome layer you know, on top of, of the mountains. <laughs> and just, yes, yes, the, their layer's finally doomed. And now we're going to, oh, Fortuna shall strike against them one more time. Their precious go-kart the blur will be <laughs> stolen by their enemies and then i will unleash nerve gas uh, uh maybe maybe uh, just the blur uh, <laughs> maybe i'll just throw a pie at them <laughs> and uh, make fun of their dog <laughs> i think he's the one who put the he put the ring on the dog <laughs> it was a curse it was a curse and um <laughs> And it actually made the dog more more likable because of it, and it kind of backfired on him. I, I imagine the dog was initially another little rascal. Like, he was a kind of a hoity-toity <laughs> kid with a monocle. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, and then, uh, whatever this villain is, I curse you! And then, like, he turned into a dog, and the monocle is now that, yeah, that spot little, on his that, eye. That, that's perfect. That's why he also seems to have, uh... Like, you know, very personification. Yeah, yeah he, he seems to have sentience. Yeah, like, he understands what they're saying, and, like, you know, they call him Petey, because that was the kid's name. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Petey, I think, was, um, he was the original, like, he was one of the leaders of the group. No, no, he was just a little sidekick, but I think like, he, uh... Like, he, he was, uh, he, yeah, he was, like, the little rich kid who initially put the down payment for the original clubhouse. Yeah, he, and, and I think what happened was, um... When they were meeting with uh, what's this guy's name, Astaroth or something like that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so when he's meeting with Astaroth, uh, he like he accidentally spills like uh, his soda, you know, on his on his uh, on his crystal ball. Like, <laughs> ah, you want patent fool? That'll take weeks to get off. Oh, oh, it's cola. It's gonna eat away the the film on it, <laughs> the protective layer. Oh, great! He gets the Windex. You know what? I've been itching to cast a curse on one of you brats. I curse you, I curse you, I curse you. Get out, get out. I'm tired. Yeah. 
like then like so for you know the next couple of weeks he's not plotting because he's actually trying to clean this uh his crystal like ball. it was an entire two liter yeah. that was spilled <laughs> he had to get he had to get new tablecloth you know the, his tablecloth because imagine he sits like at a table yeah he's got a nice tablecloth on it you know and it's not like a regular crystal ball it's like a it's almost like a Power Rangers sized crystal ball that's <laughs> like this yeah and uh yeah, that when it's not turned on, turns into a globe. Yeah, it's, uh, like, <laughs> this guy actually is fucking great. Yeah. I kind of want to see him in something now. Like, it's such a weird... <laughs> like, he controls luck, basically. Yeah. Like, he that's his superpower, or that's his power that he uses his crystal ball Ooh, for. What's his name, the Shamrock? Uh, no, Astaroth. Astaroth, uh, alright, oh, Astaroth works. Yeah, and, uh, he, he controls luck, and that's how he, um... And that's how, like, it's an indirect, uh, he indirectly affects the team. I guess he also has the power to curse, you know, yeah, people, but, but... But there's always these little vagrants that somehow get in yeah, and, uh, you know, just make a mess and mess things up. It's like, it's almost like a, a Dennis the Menace and Mr. Wilson relationship. But Mr. Wilson is, uh, Megatron. Yeah, M Mr. Wilson has, like, uh... You know, has dark, you know, has dark power. You know, he he, he explored the black arts a little bit. You yeah. Know? And uh, <laughs> so now, this kid's is, a pain in the ass. Like uh, now, so what does Astaroth look like? You know, because uh, there's almost a Skeletor, you know, resemblance to me, but I want him to be somewhat more original. I don't so want him to... I I do imagine he has like a, you know, a a high collared cape like uh like Doctor Strange. Okay, I can get. Behind. And uh, I I imagine he. He, he, I, I want to say he dresses, he has like a frilly suit like Prince. I want to say he's wearing like a Mayan headdress. A Mayan headdress. Yeah, those uh, the, the little kind of almost uh, things that the uh, the priests would wear and everything. I, I, I want to say more Egyptian, like he has the that okay. band around his head with a snake. Okay, I can get behind that. He's like a pharaoh. Yeah. And, uh, which, you know, we can even have like this backstory where, um, he, uh, he actually, you know, comes from ancient Egypt, you know? Like, like he was, uh, he wasn't a mummy. No. But, uh, like, he, uh, he found a, a lost tomb of, a, of an ancient king, and, uh, with it, the Book of, uh, Magics, and that, uh, you know, that eventually, that gave him his powers. Oh, I thought it was gonna be something like, uh, he's been around for years that... Like, him turning, like, the tides is what brought him, like, the plague of locusts and everything. What, like, he, what, he was in, he was in, like, he was, uh, what, banished for a while and came back? He's like, I, I think he's, like, 6,000 years old, you know, and they, um, you know, and, yeah, they, they found a way to banish him, but now he's back on Earth, kind of like Rita. Rita? Uh, let's see. So, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, yeah, like, that, that mountain that is his stronghold, it was where he was banished to. Mm -hmm. And then while they were digging, uh, you know, while surveyors were digging around, maybe put, trying to put in a highway or something, it unleashed him. And you know what? And it's in the, uh, where the little rascals live? It's like, uh, you know, I don't know. It looked it, like kind like of Miami, like, actually. It, it, well, no, it kind of looked like a ca some kind of California suburb. That's true, yeah. But we'll, we'll just say that um, they live in like the small town, like Rascalville. Yeah. And that is, just so happens to be where his lair was unearthed. They were like, uh... You know, it was it was unearthed by somebody trying to build, you know, like build a, uh, like you know, something on this mountain. Like uh, they were trying to build like a, a shake shack or something, yeah. and it ends up unleashing him, which is why he uh, <laughs> he focuses his entire like 
otherworldly powers against the little rascals. Like, uh, like I imagine there's these, like, uh, these, there's several beacons across the, uh, you know, across the, the suburb, uh, that, that he's ignited that, uh, unleashes power, but there's this one beacon, you know, right under the little rascals clubhouse, uh, <laughs> that... You know he can't. You know he can't light because they those little assholes keep uh you know somehow foiling his plans. Yeah, by accident. Yeah, like he he uh you know like he casts a spell, but one of them like you know brings out a frog that goes in his mouth as he's <laughs> trying to cast the spell, and it's that shitty reverse footage. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, he's got a frog in his throat. Fools, get out of here! I imagine he's uh. And he has a he has a dumb minion too. Oh, you got to, he's got you again there, boss. And you know, I imagine he, one one last piece to add to him is yeah. uh, he has a scepter of some kind. Hmm. I imagine it's a, uh, it's another crystal ball on a scepter that he can, it's like a portable version of the crystal ball. Like yes. when he, when he's out and about, he can look into his scepter to, you know, also, you know, pure. It's also, it's like the Sword of Omens, where it gives him sight beyond sight. It's like, you know, it doesn't have quite as much power as the real crystal ball, but, it, you know, it works for uh, what he needs it Like, for. he can see through it, but he can't manipulate anything yeah. like he can with the other crystal ball. And, um, like, if he turned his attention on, like, adults or teenagers, you know, his this constant luck turning would break them. You know, this is how he gets, you know, gets through, but the little rascals are just so, uh, like, you know, they're just so, I guess, positive, almost like nothing yeah. can, like, they're always down and out, but, like, they, they never let it get to them, and that's the only reason that they're surviving as far as they can. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like, if it was anybody else, he would have, you know, they would have been defeated, and he would have lit his beacon years ago. Hey, like... It, it, he, the little rascals somehow are the only creatures immune to his luck powers. <laughs> um, yeah. Because uh, I, I think you just, you, you can, if you don't know what's going on, somehow it doesn't affect you. Well, what happens is they're immune because they are the embodiment of, if you got lemons, you make lemonade. Yeah, that's true. So, um, like, no matter what, like, their club burns down, it doesn't matter, because a club is more than just a clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, they lose, th their car gets stolen, they just build another one. They're like an anthill. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they, um, Astaroth can't, you know, he just can't beat these little rascals. That is what our little rascals movie would have. And here's the question: Does it does it take place during the Depression, like the original? Hmm. Or are we gonna keep it in modern times? That's a you know I can find I find uh, that there's a, a benefit you know to each. Um, yeah. Like modern times, it'll be you know it would be all you know, kind of fun because you know there's a reason that the this is places on Earth you know there's yeah. like a, the spread of you know consumerism and everything and you know his powers you know are much more fun in the present day but they are more it seems they would be more resilient these kids in the depression like they would yeah. embody that you know lemon like like when you're you're starving and your parents you know have you go uh, you know kind of have you go into the uh, coal mine. Uh, like, to, to work a 12-hour shift, uh, you know, crawling into small holes and sometimes surviving. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, th this guy with his crystal ball is probably not not gonna be so bad. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, I like modern day. It's less depressing. Yeah. You know, and because it's like, 
because uh, in the depression we could have a scene where Astaroth is standing in the bread line, <laughs> like <laughs> even though he's immortal, basically, uh, you know he he still has to eat, I guess. Yeah. Um, he, he gets if he doesn't eat for a while, like it's harder for him to use his powers. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Woozy. Now yeah, he, he has you know type one diabetes. Now here's the question. Yeah. How do the little rascals like? defeat him in this movie once and for all like once and for all uh yeah i imagine it's by accident of, of course. course yeah <clears throat> uh well i i guess we have to you know first off uh, d develop uh astroth's big scheme to stop the rascals once and for all uh well okay so here's this um we'll get to that in a second all right but i do want to have uh, maybe even in the climax, or you know, or near the climax, uh, Astroth is one of the go kart racers. Also, <laughs> he is also racing in the like. You know, you got the rich kid. You know, you got the bullies. You got the rascals, yeah. and here comes Astroth. Like I, I don't know if it would be culturally insensitive, but I want him on a magic carpet. Hmm. I was actually thinking, um, like a chariot, a litter. <laughs> He's on a like. Uh, a litter carried by snakes. I, I, that might work. I, I was, I was gonna say like a cloud formed into like a, you know, into a go kart, and he rides the cloud. Or sand. Ooh, that's good. Like, yeah, he he taps his scepter and and yeah, it just yeah. forms. And it's, it, it looks just like the little rascals go kart, but just made of sand. <laughs> Even makes the same. And yeah, you know, and. It, and of course he doesn't win. No. <laughs> it starts to rain. <laughs> <laughs> ah, curses! Ah! Come on! And, uh, so then, you know... Cats. I think it was cats. Like, uh, because it's like... Well, like the mummy. Well, no. Well, no. Cats just see sand and, you know. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I imagine that his ultimate plan to defeat the rascals is to keep them from rebuilding this clubhouse to break them so that they can, uh, so he can finally get under there and light that fucking beacon. So Darla to is... His to complete his, uh, conquest. So Darla is a plant. Hmm. And maybe even... Like, like Smurfette? Yeah. Oh, not like Smurfette, where actually he changes himself into Darla. <laughs> Which is really awkward when he has to kiss Alfalfa. Yeah. But he, he still has the same voice. <laughs> So is there a Darla and he just pretends to be another Darla? No, there there isn't there's a Darla. Zero? Okay. There's no there's no Darla. I don't know if there was a Darla in the original Little Rascals. I think there was. Uh, maybe. But uh yeah, but this is our Little Rascals. So we're going to say uh he's Darla and uh Oh Alfalfa, you have such a wonderful voice. Are you too Darla? <laughs> Thank you. Sing me a song! And he starts to fall for himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a dreamboat. And again, that that gets into yes. uh, weird territories of a 6,000-year-old man and a 7-year-old boy. That's true, that's true. So maybe we can avoid that all Yeah, let's, uh... Yeah. <laughs> so he's not Darla. He makes Darla kind of like Gargamel made Smurfette. Yeah, okay. So like, she's just like a, uh... Like, he, like, maybe he takes a cat and turns the cat into a person. And that's why she's, like, vacant. You know, yeah. And, uh, like, like <laughs> Maybe a, that's why she's just an emotionless shill. A dead-eye mannequin, <laughs> as you call yeah. her. And, uh... And Alfalfa doesn't, uh... You know, he doesn't, he doesn't get this, you know. Yeah. He, he's in love. 
Yeah, like he's seduced. Like, you know, she has like her own uh, powers of. I, I guess like, I don't want to say powers of seduction because she's a child. Yeah. No. Uh, she. She. You know, she has her powers of a charm. Sure. Yeah. Swear. Where. Um. That's why she. That's why he falls. In, yeah. That's why he falls for her. Like she's like a siren almost. Yeah. And. And. Uh, yes, this will break up the little rascals once and for all. And then. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the cat Darla steals the blur, and then, uh, Azeroth comes in riding the blur. <laughs> so he's the one who's riding the... Yeah, he's riding the blur, and, uh, he, he gives it, like, Egyptian themes, you know, paints it with snakes and hieroglyphics yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. Hey, he has the blur! No, I don't! I have... What do you, what do you call it? The sand blur? Uh... Uh, what was it? The, uh... The tomb. Uh, the... The sandstorm. Okay, that works. Sup, <laughs> <Some> bitches! <laughs> hey! He stole our blur! Shut up! <laughs> Are you older? And then, you know, he... Again, he doesn't win at the end. Like, curses! <laughs> and then, then I think this... This last, you know, because now they get the money to rebuild their clubhouse, and this is... He's like, well... Gonna go for broke, and he just goes to their clubhouse and just starts hitting them. Like, so he can activate this beacon. <laughs> he, he, he just starts punching them? Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm tired of this. They said, how many five-year-olds? It's like that one thing where the, uh, how many five-year-olds can you beat up? Yeah. And he, it's too many for him. Because yeah. at first it's just the main rascals, like Spanky yeah. and, uh, and even Darla gets in and starts fighting against him. Yeah. He turns against him. And, uh, Alfalfa, you know, we got Buckwheat, and then, um... More and more rascals keep showing up. I I want to say they have like predator level traps. <laughs> where oh, where well, like it was, a, a, it was a '90s movie and Home Alone was popular. So yeah, traps were everywhere. So, but but I want it be, to be like Predator, where there's these spikes and its log comes down and smashes him. Actually, I want it to be the opposite. I want the pranks to be uh, or the traps to be like a, a paint bucket just dumps on his head and, like, paints him a little blue or something. Oh, no! Like, you know, like, ah! Ah! <laughs> I like the pickles. Yeah, exactly. Like, these are the kind of traps I want to see this, you know, mm. this being have. Also, I kind of want him to die like Scar. <laughs> like, you just see his shadow of all the kids, you know, leaping on him and, like, tearing him to pieces. I, I, I literally want to see, like, the silhouette of a kid biting his neck <laughs> and the tendrils uh, being, you know, like, snapping. I want to see, like, in the shadows, them, like, kind of passing, like, holding up his arm and, like, passing it from yeah. hand to hand. <laughs> like, it's in shadow, but if you saw it, it would be gruesome. Yeah, it was like, oh my god. <laughs> like, it's just, like, a Lord of the Flies. And at the very end of the movie, it, it's the arm is hanging up like Grendel. <laughs> then Azeroth's mother gets involved. <laughs> well, we gotta save something for the sequel. Yep. And, uh... What are their names? <laughs> oh, uh, is it like, uh, like, uh, like Hannibal? Hannibal. Yeah. No, Red Dragon. Oh, Red Dragon, yeah. Uh, what are their names? Oh, Tay! <laughs> what are their names indeed? Hello! <laughs> that is... We, uh, yeah, that that is a long explanation. Okay. We, no, we're not going to go into the explanation of all of this, but... We are going to do a little mini-review on top of the little rascal. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? It's our one-year anniversary. It, we can talk about what the hell we Yeah. Want. Well, it's also our show we can talk about. Yeah, that's true. So, so you're going to listen. So um, we saw last week 
uh, we watched Hannibal Rising, Ooh. which is the, I guess, the fourth Lecter movie. Uh, well, I yes. guess if you want to count Manhunter, it's the fifth, but uh, we're not. No, we're not. Like, it's... Uh... I, I guess we would. I was gonna say like Manhunter and Red Dragon are exactly the same. Oh yeah. So like of the mod, it's hard to say. Like uh, do they? All right. So Manhunter is in, in a kind of separate universe. Yes. Where uh, I think uh, Hannibal Rising is in the same universe as Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Silence. <clears throat> so Silence of the Lambs, then Hannibal, then Red Dragon, yeah. and then. Hannibal Rising. Yeah. Hannibal Rising would say is the fourth of those movies. Yes. And it was awful. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. It, it's... It, I can't really do it justice, but um, it may be one of the worst betrayals of a good character in, yeah. of, all, like, you know, of all time. The uh, Yeah, absolutely. Hannibal Lecter is supposed to be this... Uh, kind of charming savant-like man. He's got sophistication. Yeah, he and uh, they don't really portray that. Like they, they, they. He kills Nazis and tries to bang his aunt. Yeah, and, uh, and like the 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 actor tried to go for the suave thing, which uh, it, it just just came off more as awkward. Here's the thing. Um, I do like when people go for it in a big way because when they fail it's a much funnier well yeah and to try if you haven't seen this movie um just imagine crispin glover george mcfly yeah trying to pretend to be hannibal lecter and that is the kind of that is the performance you get out of this yeah it, it's it, it it didn't it didn't work like it really we were talking about when we were watching the movie it was like he he was getting revenge on them cooking and eating like these these uh spoilers yeah well these world war ii uh bandits we'll say yeah um well, they, war criminals they're, yeah. they're all they're profiteers they're looters yeah, war, yeah. so uh <laughs> those rascals those world war ii rascals <laughs> they um they they they're starving they're hiding out in the the, the lector place so they cook and yeah. eat his sister because <clears throat> uh the, you know the russians are kind of surrounding them so, you know, that's, uh, you know, so now it's a revenge plot where he finds them one by one and he, like, murders them. Yeah. And, uh, I, I gotta say, that is a really shitty origin story. Yeah. Like, it would have been a lot more interesting if Hannibal Lecter, if Hannibal's origin story was just, he goes to college, he goes to Oxford, he becomes, you know, yeah. a psychiatrist, <clears throat> um, and all this time he's, has this, this inner demon raging inside of him something like, that he can't control almost like he he goes to school for medicine and just has a fascination with uh with uh human anatomy uh until it becomes unhealthy like what they uh you know his professor starts noticing flanks missing from the corpses and stuff like that because it's much more terrifying if he was just a normal dude yeah with uh, with with a really dark secret. Yeah, like a, a tragic backstory, kind of, yeah, kind of uh, undermines the whole thing. Like, like it gives him an excuse to be a bit of a monster. Whereas, uh, if he was a brilliant man who was uh, skirting that line between 
uh, brilliant and crazy and then kind of tumbles in the wrong direction, that is a much scarier character. And it's also much more interesting because, you yeah. know, again, we don't need a tragic backstory for every villain because sometimes, you know, it's a lot more fun just to see a guy with, you know, a head full of bad wiring. Yeah. And or at least one wire you know, out of place. And, you know, and just introduce one trigger uh, to to kind of unleash what he would become. Like, it's more of a, uh, our origin story would have been more of a, uh, like, more of him letting go of the, the melancholy burden of sanity, to, yeah. to, to steal a phrase, and becoming the Hannibal Lecter that we all know and love. But, you know, it doesn't start out that way. Like, there is a struggle, mm -hmm. you know, but by the end of it, that struggle is gone. It, it would be a story about a man who is so brilliant that, uh... Yeah, you know, when he looks at the rest of humanity, he sees nothing but animals, mm -hmm. uh, and has no problem with killing and even consuming them. And that would be a far superior than a yeah. half-baked revenge plot. Yeah, like it's, I, and it, it, the the thing is, is you know the point you brought up is it did, did not even seem like a Hannibal Lecter story. Nope. Like, like if you just took the name out and called him something else, you called him Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph Lecter. Yeah, like it would be like, all right, so this this is just a stupid. This is just a just generically bad movie. Yeah, and th there was this this odd subplot with uh, the his aunt, where uh, she was Japanese, mm. and <gasps> excuse me, and uh, you know it was was kind of introducing him a little bit to Japanese culture. She was teaching him kendo and mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, uh, you know, showing how she prays to the armor of her ancestors, and uh, how like once a year she'll she'll clean uh, this Sword, uh, yeah. the swords and all that, all that. And I don't know why they really made a big deal about it because it introduced nothing. Yeah. Like you know, Lecter, uh, all it did was uh, you know, introduce swords to a scene to one scene, uh, so Lecter can kill a fat man. Yeah. And also, like, oh, what the the armor, the mask on the armor yeah. looks kind of like Hannibal Lecter's face mask that he had in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah, which, which oh. is stupid. It's like, yeah, you know, you, you you really took a circuitous route to have a an homage. And it's like, it's, oh, it's almost like it's destiny. It's like, no, he bit people. <laughs> yeah, that's why they put a muzzle on him. Like, yeah, he he was not a nice person. Like, you know, it's. It's, yeah, like I said before, it's almost a betrayal of a, a interesting character. Like, yeah. when we, um, I, I, like the last time we watched uh, Silence of the Lambs was a couple of years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like, the first time you see Hannibal Lecter, it's like in the in an insane asylum, and you have all these shouting, screaming lunatics on either side of this, you know, yeah. this woman. She's walking past, like, all these, like, people who are just animals yeah ooh, one man even throws semen at her and so she's as she's going through like you know there's nothing but motion movement yeah, yeah they're all moving because they're crazy and then you get to hannibal at the end and he is stock still yeah he's staring at her almost as an anticipation of her coming to him like it is almost a predatory stalking like he's He's been waiting for her this whole time, kind of thing. But he still gives an elegant and polite hello. Yeah. He sees her before she sees him, and that almost doesn't seem possible. You yeah. Know? And that's a great way to introduce a character. Now, that can't be the same guy as the George McFly, who's, yeah. you know, shouting in German to people. 
Well, yeah. I, like... That, that was kind of the thing about, uh... You know, Hannibal Lecter is that... He... Like, he, he never... Uh, his emotions never got above a... Uh, you know, never got out of hand. Like, this guy was screaming and stabbing people and losing yeah. control... But, you know, I remember, like, uh, if I, what was it, in the original, uh, sil- I think in the Silence of the Lambs, they said, uh, yeah, he, you know, he assaulted, uh, uh, you know, assaulted someone such and such, and his heartbeat never got above 70. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he, he is supposed to be so calculated and almost, uh, you know, so, so detached from his own emotions uh, that you know, he even uh, assaulting and killing people uh, does not even give an emotional rise to him. But nope, we're gonna have him be uh, like first of all, like because he was a star of the Hannibal Rising. Yeah. Um, it was almost like they had to portray him in a more sympathetic light. Yeah. Like there was a scene towards the end um, where uh, he's trying to find where the bad guys are, so he he pretends to kidnap these people, you know, this guy's kid. And it's like, oh, maybe I'll let her go if you tell me, you know, what's going on. And it turns out, no, he never had the kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, like, oh, would that have made Hannibal Lecter unlikable? Yeah. Would that have made him a monster if he would have <laughs> done something? It was like, come on, if you're going to do something, do it. Go all the yeah. way with it. I, one thing, like, I I don't entirely mind a, a, a tragic backstory. Like, if it was in World War Two and he had lost his whole family, uh, and, you know, he went to the, the Russian, uh, camp, what was it, like a, like a little boy's orphan school? Yeah. And, like, just, you know, kind of overcome that, uh, because he didn't really, it didn't really bother him. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he was always, he always was in such control, uh, that even the, the, the worst of conditions, uh... Yeah, he could uh, you know, get by. I've seen the man. I've seen the animal and the man yeah. many, many a times, and you know, so nothing can surprise me anymore. So, I, I, I think a revenge plot is not what we, you know. It didn't. I, I think it added nothing to his character. No. Because it, uh, Hannibal Lecter, I don't think, uh, I don't think he, other than Clarice. Uh, Hannibal Lecter never really had any emotional attachments to people. No. So, uh, now we have to introduce Hannibal Lecter into the little rascals. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, so, um... I-, I want him just to be one of the rascals. Like, like uh, there's full-grown a... Hannibal, No, no, just, just a little child Hannibal Lecter. Uh, but still with the Anthony Hopkins voice. Okay. And, uh, I, I want him... I want everyone else to be in uh like they're doing like regular little rascal stuff you know yeah. like they're doing slapstick or they're just having you know having fun doing kid stuff but he always takes it too far yeah like it's uh, uh like hmm what what could you do in like, a little rascals universe like alfalfa punches the bully at the end and uh you know and the other you know push it and then punches him and throws him into mud and i imagine that uh yeah, they, all the group kind of, uh, go on. I'm no, sorry. I, say, I imagine the uh, the you know, the Anthony Hopkins or the uh, the Hannibal Lecter rascal would yeah uh, you know, would be like, you've got him where you want him now. So let's uh, 
just stick this blade into his <laughs> into his side, and we can pull out his intestines one by one. I, I, I was gonna suggest like uh, uh, the uh, <clears throat> like the punch him and then push him in the mud, and you know they, they kind of dust their hands or walk away. And then uh, in comes the uh, Hannibal Lecter kid, and uh, puts a syringe in their uh, necks. Like, and then they, you know, they kind of get knocked down. And they wake up tied to a rack. They say it only takes one pound of pressure to pierce human skin. I, we're going to test that today. It's more of a it's to him. It's more of an experiment than anything. Yeah, like, it's yeah. I I actually I was thinking of something uh, maybe even a little bit different where the uh, yeah we punch the kid, kid lands in the mud, everyone you know, dusts their hands and walks yeah. away and Hannibal Lecter comes up with uh, with like a little bit of um, like like kind of like a, a dumbbell or a weight you know, yeah. he ties it around the kid's neck so he can't get out of the mud and he slowly drowns in it <laughs> if yeah, you want would... to if you want to breathe then you ha all you have to do is find your freedom find your freedom, Wayne swine before pearls <laughs> Hannibal, you just take things too far, man. I take things as far as I need to take them. So yeah, that would be that would, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, like it would be, you know, <clears throat> I I think you know even though Hannibal Lecter takes it too far, or Lil Hannibal uh, takes things too far, I I think I do think that uh, you know, he is the reason Azeroth doesn't you know doesn't uh. Ever, you know, doesn't win. Yeah, he, uh, like... That kid really creeps me out. I'm not going down there. I don't want... I don't want little Hanny coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts a lot. Yeah, it, it is not a voice to do all the time. <laughs> Coughing up blood. Ah. ah, perfect. Coughing up blood indeed. Hello! So on that note, the little rascals... Uh... It, and a movie, a movie that really starts off annoying, uh, because it's just, you know, it, you know dead-eyed, like a doll's eyes, kids, uh, you know, just shouting at you all the time. But eventually, like, if you want something to, you know, shut the kids up, you know, and you know, to put them in the, in front of the boob tube, uh, you know, to so you can you know, sneak off and uh, smoke your cigarettes. Uh, you know, as you as you contemplate the decisions that got you to where you are in life, yeah, this this movie would work. I think that um, it starts off as an as an assault to your senses, but eventually you will find the rhythm of the movie, and it's it's okay. That's it. That's all I got. All right. So, uh, well, let me just take an opportunity to say, Happy One Year, Britain. Happy one year, Mark. And happy one year to all of the people listening to us. And thank you very much. That'll put a little SOBs.